Hey, it's David Vaughn back for another edition of Sunday Night Rev. We are so glad you're here. And uh, I want to continue a conversation uh, tonight uh, that we started last Sunday night talking about church communications. I got my church communication dude, Joe Porter here, who also happens to be my son-in-law. I guess I should say that, in whom I am well pleased. I wasn't sure for a while, but I'm really (laughs) sure now. And I am just uh, excited about what God has put in his mind, his heart, the anointing he's put on him to help share the communication strategy and the vehicles, the stories that we get to tell. We talked a little bit about story last week and the power of narrative and why Jesus told stories, why we tell stories at Whitewater Crossing. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, especially those of you who might be a little cynical about church. Maybe you've had a bad, bad church experience. I bet you that Lori and Joe and I could tell you stories of church gone awry. And I'll just be the first to admit, those of you in Eagle Country, some of y'all know this. Now, you're using it as an excuse for the rest of your life. I'm going to try to Mm -hmm. talk you out of that position. But, I mean, I've been in some churches, and I'll just tell you right now, there are some hypocrites there. There are some mean-spirited people there. There are some judgmental, legalistic people there, but don't. And that's just the pastors. And that's just the pastor and his family. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I'm telling you, not everybody in every church is that way. And uh, I, I would say to people all the time, about 98 percent of our church is wonderful. Nope. About one percent is odd, and about one <laughs> percent is mean. And our goal is to keep the the mean people away from the 99%, okay? And if you don't know who you are listening in Eagle Country, uh, you're probably in the 1%. But anyway, I I know that church can uh, be a bad experience. That's why we're so excited about people visiting us on a typical Sunday um, because we just try to be regular people. Uh, We don't try to be holier than thou. I doubt very seriously if anybody will stone you. Uh, there, you'll find a bunch of people like you. You might be shocked who's sitting on a seat or a row and say, man, I didn't know. And of course, with as many people as we have coming, you're allowed to be anonymous for a long time. You could be anonymous forever. We, we would, we're going to push you to come out of anonymity because it's good for you. But Joe, walk us through a little bit of a typical Sunday morning service. You're involved, I know, in a lot of the programming, and uh, but tell us what what does a typical Sunday look like and feel like at Whitewater Crossing from somebody who's never been before, who's listening in Eagle Country? Uh, yeah, I I think if you start all the way out on Route 128. You know, just kind of visualize if you've ever driven by a 128, yep. you might know our sign that we had somebody, uh, actually a buddy of mine just spray painted with a can of spray paint, help people on one side and find hope on the other. So you might see that sign as you drive up. And as you pull in, we try to get people parked quickly and yeah. uh, effectively. So we've got great parking team and guest services that are there to uh, get you into a parking spot and get you in the building as quickly as possible. It is crowded. Yep. Uh, so if you do come, you know, leaving a little bit of extra time. Think of it as if you go to like a concert or any kind of big venue, U.S. Bank Arena. Not quite that hectic, <laughs> but, you know, definitely there's a little bit of crowds. And so, um, that's just part of the, the experience. But once you get inside, again, you see more warm, welcoming faces. And that's one thing that we continue to hear when we ask people, tell their story about how they found white water and what they enjoy about it. 
And it's almost always some version of, you know, it was just very warm and welcoming when I came inside. And I just felt this, like, energy and this peace. So it's not like a, a gauntlet people have to go through. Nah. But there are a few people greeting. and I, I hope that someone yeah. would smile at you and say hi when yeah, you walk in. That would be our hope. I've never seen somebody look so friendly standing outside directing traffic and freezing rain. Yeah. Than when I pull into yeah. church on yeah. a Sunday morning, those parking lot guys are yeah. heroes. They man, deserve huh? a lot of credit, and, we're, so and it's just because yeah, all those teams they're just thrilled, uh, thrilled that everybody is gathering on one day, and, it, and it's just a joy to be able to do that. So, um, so yeah. they come in. I hear we have some excellent coffee. Is that true? Is that just a rumor? Or? Yes, it's, 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 it's good, good coffee. So I, I feel like it's good for the amount of volume that we do. I can't, I yeah. can't remember. We measure the amount of pounds that we go through a week. It's pretty insane, but we try to have good hot coffee. We got decaf for you. We got hot tea. We got uh, other other beverages at our cafe that you can purchase if you're like a you know frappuccino Smoothies. guy. David, what's your favorite? Yeah, Dave's fave mint mocha frapp. Oh, it's good. Yeah. And you know, healthy. I'm an advocate of caffeine when you are a preacher like me. You want every available technique and That's method right. yeah. to keep people awake during yeah. the sermon. Yeah, so you get you can get your caffeine fix when you walk in. Uh, you're welcome to just walk straight into the auditorium and sit down. Yeah. Uh, we just got music playing. No, no reserved seats. Yeah, no one's going to come sit up. in the back. Yeah, you can sit yeah. in the back. No yeah. one's going to come up to you and try to, you know, be weird. In fact, most time we don't go up and talk to people once you're sitting down. We assume that you want to mm-hmm. just kind of sit and relax. Mm-hmm. If you want to mingle with people and meet somebody, you can go to information or hang out in the landing and, uh, do that, but uh, yeah, it's pretty a little easy. dark sometimes. Is that intentional in our worship center? Yeah, once you get into the worship yep. center, it's it's pretty it's dim when you walk in dim, first, yeah. and then as we start, it gets even darker. Again, just think mm-hmm. of the you know most recent uh, maybe experience you've been to any kind of show. Uh, while we do want the experience to be more than a show, there's certain mm. consistent things that make a show good, makes your experience good, and part of that is is centering your attention on one space. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody's talking or singing. Uh, being able to not have a bunch of distractions in an audience that has 800 people in it is helpful. So it's a little darker. Um, I've heard people who like a little dim because they cry. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're emotional. Yeah. Is this true, Lori? I yeah. I mean, I've shed a few tears. I I know. Um, I have a good friend of mine and his wife who come to church at Whitewater regularly that said on the, and I may have mentioned this in a previous show, but I love the story. They came one day, they were visiting churches. They knew how much I loved Whitewater, probably from seeing social media posts or yeah. whatever. And they had asked to come. And I'm like, of course, nothing makes me happier, my heart fuller than when somebody wants to come to church with me. And I don't even have to ask them. They ask me. Um, but we had played a, a video that day and I can't remember. It was a story, yeah. you know, so we were, had played a story and they kind of looked over and nudged and said, it's, it's just not fair to make us cry on the first day. <laughs> but, you know, they got to cry yeah. and laugh and, yeah. you know, worship. And yeah. I mean, it is a very fulfilling Experience. Yeah, I've had guys say that too. That's yeah. maybe where they like a little darker. Yes, yeah, because so we're it, such yeah. a baby, you know. Yeah. We well, and and that's in all of our uh, our spaces. So we have custom spaces for preschool. Yeah, what if I got kids, Joe? Yeah, when preschool I come in. and elementary, they have their own custom spaces designed for them. They get to go into a small group environment first, so only a few kids in each room with a highly trained uh, teacher mm-hmm. uh, that's been background checked, so everything is very safe when you mm-hmm. drop off kids. Uh, and my kids go in there. I have a, mm. a nine-year-old um, and a nine-year-old girl, and she loves it. Uh, cannot wait to go to church. If I decided not to go one Sunday, 
she would bother me about it. So uh, <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. all. Yeah. That's so she loves it. Smart yeah. girl. Yep. Uh, so she and again the spaces are similar. Once you go, they have their own worship spaces as well, where they get to sing and somebody teaches on their level. And mm-hmm. and again, it, you know, we like we like energy and loud music. We think we think the Christian life is mm-hmm. is should be joyful. Yeah. I think there's tons to be excited about. You think about some of the most phenomenal things in nature mm-hmm. and they're loud and bold and big. And so I we think that that's a god the kind of god that we serve. And also in nature if you think about reflecting god there's also really peaceful, quiet, mm-hmm. simple spaces as well. And so we have moments throughout each service that are like that. There might be total silence and then there might be tons of energy and lights and sound and um so it and, and same thing with the students as well. So I have a 13-year-old and he loves the student. He gets to go in there and play mini hoop. They got beverage, you know, Coke beverages and you know air hockey and all this stuff. But then they they get their own worship space as well. And uh, so it's really powerful. Again, excited to go every Sunday. Yeah. So there's something for everyone. Sometimes people come new. They'll keep their kids with them for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to make sure uh, that everything's okay. Yeah. And and we know sometimes people want to be anonymous. Kind of sit in the back, and eventually they work their way up to the front. And when when they see that the snakes are not going to come out, and yeah. you know they're not going to browbeat me on everything, <laughs> and so uh, we just say, "Try it. Come and see." That was what Jesus told a lot of people: just come and see uh, what it's like. So people sit down. Usually, we do some songs, some singing. We might have a video that tells yep. a story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually a communicator, uh, so, me or one of our team, who's uh, working people through some biblical and practical applications in their life. I wear jeans, so you, you know you don't, it's no dress code. I've seen a couple people with suits, but yeah, you can we wear a suit if you want. Whatever My dad you want. Wears his Harley t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. one. I just yeah. tell him. <laughs> whatever. I'm sure you'll find someone like you. We share communion every week. Uh, we think that's a cool thing. We think that's because what Jesus said. That as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So we do that every week as part of our service. Uh, we don't take an offering. Uh, I know some of you in Eagle Country are like, wow, I thought that's what the church was all about, trying to get my money. Uh, but we don't. We, there's a couple ways that we encourage people to give because we've been blessed. Tell us about those, Joe. Yeah, so uh, we find that, uh, first of all, giving, it, we see that still as an act of worship to God. Yeah. So we... It is part of our worship services. We just choose not to pass something. Yeah. It makes it awkward. Uh, I don't know, you know, yeah. any, anybody who's been to church recently and a bag passes and you feel like, oh goodness, I got to put something in this. Yeah. But it's also awkward for our increasing high number of people who give digitally yeah. or online or through our mobile app during the week. And so now it's like you're getting a bag pass and it's awkward because you're playing that dance in your head. Like, should I pretend to put something in so people don't judge me? <laughs> That's messed up. We don't want Those people are not to taking go, it out. Yeah, not taking, yeah, making yeah. change maybe. Yeah. So we have simple uh, boxes uh, that are in the back, which uh, I actually really like because it, that even the boxes have a story. We found a 100-year-old wood and we had a local artist build these because we think uh, that where we make sacrifices to God should be special. And so that's mm. the way it was in the Bible. That's the way it was uh, with the Jewish mm. uh, people in the temple. And so these very custom-made, uh, very old wooden boxes that are highly secure, and people just drop that on the way in and out, mm. uh, their gifts in there. But most people uh, in our church now give online, mm-hmm. um, and they set it up recurring. So anything, uh, David, you know, the statement you yep. say is automate the important. Automate the important. So, that's right. Um, Some of y'all get Netflix and Dollar Shave Club. All that's auto in your life. and. Yep. 
we think that God blesses when we give, and it's more blessed to give than receive. Yeah. So we don't really take an offering, but we encourage people to give. Uh, we usually have a time uh, right after the service up front for people who need prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. So we want to pray for people. We don't want to pray on people. You know, yeah. <laughs> We want to pray for people. Uh, and uh, then we, we are in and out of there. Uh, so I would say our average service time is probably – 65, 67 minutes, yeah, something, 65 depending minutes on how long the preacher yeah. preaches. But he's usually about a 30-minute guy unless he's really excited yeah. you know, about something. Yeah, 65 minutes, and uh, we have two services on Sunday, so they're both the same. Yeah, doesn't matter which one you go in. And and so uh, lately we started asking the question like, okay, this is we've designed a service that we think is really great and impactful for most folks, but what about folks that maybe don't? Uh, experience that the same way. So uh, you might be extra sensitive to sound um, and maybe motion. You know, our lights, again, we love beautiful, amazing lights that point us upward and uh, I think is a reflection of God. But sometimes visually, that might be tough for some folks is moving lights. So uh, we recognize that. And so we actually just recently, uh, just before Easter, launched a low sensory space. So you experience the whole worship service on a very large screen, still very dynamic with other folks, and you take communion and everything, uh, but it's a little little lower key um, and also lower crowds. So some folks who maybe mm-hmm. have uh, shared a story last week about a gentleman who suffers from PTSD. So sometimes loud things and also mm-hmm. in loud uh, environments to where maybe mm-hmm. you struggle with being in crowds. Uh, we get that, and so you can slip in one door and go right in that low sensory environment. It's a little more quiet. Um, so we're, we want to be cool. sensitive to that, and we think. And so far, we've heard good response uh, from that. And actually, That's just cool. past Easter, uh, we uh, have a sign language uh, gal hmm. named Laura, uh, hmm. who's actually a CCU student and is uh, training other people to do this on uh, uh, other services. So, eleven fifteen a.m. service. Uh, if you would benefit from yeah, if you're sign a family language, friend or family friend impaired and, in any way, and I've heard that for to, for yeah. some folks it may not you may not be totally hmm. hearing impaired or deaf, but it's still helpful. Mm-hmm. And so if you know sign language and somebody would benefit, bring them up. Um, that w- we would love to help that. And we even have earplugs. <laughs> That's true. I have the coolest thing I have seen is an older person who maybe doesn't love the volume or even the style of music, but loves Jesus a lot. Who is worshiping God and they got earplugs. That's yeah. the coolest thing I've seen. Cause the method may not be their preference, but the Jesus and the results and all the young people that are being touched and reached, they love that. And yeah. they, uh, I think they take them out when I start preaching. My voice is loud, but I don't <laughs> think it's that loud. But. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like we're trying to do every, use every method possible mm. to help anybody that wants to have a relationship with Jesus to help them yeah. find that that's avenue. A good, that's a good segue. It's, Joe, talk yeah. to me a little bit about the changing nature uh, uh, in the church when it comes to technology. You mentioned one thing about e-giving. Mm-hmm. That's radically changed yeah. churches that are, when you say the ability uh-huh. to, we have a Whitewater app, mm-hmm. where do we get that? Uh, yeah, you can download the Whitewater app in any app store. Yep. Um, we find a lot of folks download that after they've come to a church service one time, and mm-hmm. they decide that uh, that's that's what they want to do. So we have an average of forty or fifty new people download that every week, um, and so that's a great tool 
uh, to continue to engage with your faith, listen to teaching, mm-hmm. uh, give uh, people. You, you know, one thing with a big church is really sometimes tough to know other people, um, and so we've got great resources on there to be able to connect uh, with other people and a serving team and start getting involved. So. That, and that happens through technology mainly. Well, and I love all the alerts. It reminds you of the events or ways you can get involved for the Solve 7 yeah. activities. And then for especially for people that aren't really into social media or want to yep. use it for whatever reason, yeah. then they still have a way through technology to know what's going mm-hmm. on but not have to be on social media. Yeah. To, then they can take notes on the sermon yeah, outline or whatever yeah. it is. It's yeah. just a resource. And, and really I see any, any technology and tools and any communications we're really doing – it's really just about removing barriers. It's mm. not about trying to be cutting edge or right. cool and hip. It's just a matter of removing barriers. So when we see that there's a barrier to somebody engaging with God or their faith or with other people, we just want to we just want to remove that barrier. Mm. Um, so for some folks, coming to a church service on a Sunday is a barrier. Yeah. It could be scheduling. It could be yeah. you just really are are not prepared to be around other people. Right. So. To remove one of those barriers, we stream our entire service yeah. on our mobile app and on our website. And we found that most folks kind of check that out beforehand. It's kind of mm. like if you're about to go on a date, hmm. what is the first thing you're going to do if you've never met them? You're going to search them online. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to try to find a Facebook Lori profile. Lori would never do that. No, no she would never do that. No, no. But and, you, then you, and then you hope that you don't accidentally slip up and say something you yeah, shouldn't know about. Yeah, that you shouldn't know about. Like, yeah, no. that's, that's awkward. I didn't look at your picture yeah. so years ago. You're, you're saying to, to me, you Joe, that people's first impression, the front door of the church is no longer the physical door. Nah. It's the yeah. online presence. Yeah, right? that's what we, we usually find. And so if you decide that you want to check out Whitewater, uh, now you're certainly welcome to just walk in the building. But my guess is you'd probably benefit from jumping on our website, watching the service. You kind of know what to expect a little bit um, before you come. And uh, and then also, again, for those folks that maybe can't make it out, maybe physically disabled, mm-hmm. um Maybe you traveling, live, yeah, yeah. You're traveling, mm-hmm. or maybe you're out of town. Um, so it's just a great way to to continue to stay engaged with the church. It's just about removing that that physical barrier of actually coming to a church yeah. service. So yeah, there are some non downloadables, you know, that you can't experience online. Yeah, uh, you know, so there is a certain energy of gathering together with people who are not just in their pajamas, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think that there, more and more the trend is online experiences. And so, uh, as Joe said, we want it to be a both-and approach. Yeah. Uh, you know, we think we it's that. Yeah, we think at some point there has to be a physical face-to-face engagement. Yeah. You know, think of like if you're in a relationship with somebody – uh, and so, like most folks, when I was in college, I had a long, uh, long distance relationship mm-hmm. for about six or eight months. Mm-hmm. And so, you learn to work with that, and you're texting back and forth, or you're sending letters, and you're able to get through that. But you couldn't stay married to somebody right. for ten years and never be face to face. Like right. that would be absurd. Mm-hmm. So, how can you have a relationship with other people or a relationship with yeah. God if at some point you're not engaging? Yeah, face to face. And if you got kids, I mean, we have. Yeah. 350, 450 children in yeah. Harbortown, the, the, chances are they're going to learn more on site yeah. than they would online. And and I know your kids are online a lot. I mean, yeah. that's just the nature of things. Uh, I want to go back and talk about, we got into this a little bit about story, but also when we're moved f- with emotion. Part of a service regular is what we call the dollar difference. It, I think we got yeah. the most chatter from that, tell us what the dollar difference is, and then 
give us a couple examples, uh, Joe, some people's stories that were affected in a huge way by that. Yeah. Um, the, so the most recent dollar difference. Uh, what is it? What do we do? Why do we call it the dollar Oh, that's difference? a good question. We should probably explain it first. Yeah, huh? might be a good <laughs> idea. I'm a communication expert. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. So the dollar difference is, is actually pretty simple. We simply ask our people who are in the church, uh, in the service that day, to, in faith, just give one extra dollar uh, more than what they would have given that day. And if it was nothing and, and they're just going to give one dollar, that's great. So we take that amount of money, which usually averages you know around $1,600 or so, and we take it that week and uh, through a vetting process, through our great team, uh, find someone or an organization that would greatly benefit uh, from that amount of money. Uh, it's usually a short-term kind of immediate need that will really get them over mm-hmm. a hump, somebody who's struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no criteria on faith or belief. Or it's not really about that. It's just a matter of meeting a need, and Jesus did that all throughout his ministry. He would yes. see a need and he would meet it. And then, hopefully at some point, he could speak spiritual hmm. things into them. But he was all about meeting the need. And that's just what we want to do. It's very simple. We just want to meet a need when we see it. So we take that money and we meet the need. And part of what makes it powerful is we don't do it in secret. Uh, we love to brag about doing good things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm not really, uh, not personally, but I, I think as an organization, we love just saying, here's what... Here's what the church did collectively, and we love to brag about it. So we do capture that on video and, and try to make that as compelling as possible. So that's one of my favorite things to do yeah. at Whitewater. And so we just simply capture that story and then show that to our folks the following week to say, thank you for giving your dollar, and here's the difference that it made. And, that, of course, the collective power of that is amazing. One dollar doesn't do very much. Right. right. But you put it to, with 15, 1,600 others – and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So. I remember a lady whose little boy was tragically killed uh, in, in a parking lot of her apartment, and uh, we took up a dollar difference to help pay for the funeral expenses. Yeah. Do you remember do, that? And I don't know how much time we have in this episode. Do you think it's possible maybe just to play a couple of clips, uh, just a, you know, a few minutes from that, just so you yeah. can hear her voice? Because I think that's powerful. So maybe we can just like pause right here and just kind of hear a couple of minutes of her story. Uh, and then we'll jump back in. He was a kid with swag. He was always, I don't know, I, I dressed Tatum with button downs and jeans and Tim's. Never, he was never one of those kids outside and just like a playset, you know, like just a t shirt. And he was always just a play in. Just the nine, so tell him about the rock. <laughs> he, would, he would take a rock. And just play the just play the piano and just ding 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 ding. <laughs> just sitting outside and it was like right before it got cold. It's just I only did it because he was just so when the kids asked him to come outside and play, the look on his face out of any other day of us going outside was just like <gasps> they asked me to come outside. <laughs> big kids. Yeah. So it's just it's like I couldn't tell him no. Then he actually it's like his dog up there whining on the porch. But he came on the porch and the boys were outside. And I was like, you gotta put your coat on, you gotta put your jacket on. Mommy jacket, mommy jacket. Mm-hmm. So I went, PJs and all, he made mommy come out. And I sent them outside. 
not even five minutes later, just gone. And my whole world just crumbled down. I, I couldn't even believe it. When they came and got me and told me, I just, I melted. I, I didn't know what to do. You know, your friend had nominated you for the dollar difference. There is life after death. There is hope in darkness. And so I know that this is probably one of the darkest times of your life, but we wanna just come alongside you and let you know that there is still hope. There is a place for you to find hope and healing. And uh, we just wanted you to know that there's people out there that care and there's people that wanna help. Um, we wanna help get a headstone for, for Tatum and that costs, whatever that is. And then the, the existing stuff, we want to help pay your rent. All the love that my son has had just for being three years old. Right. It, it's crazy. One little boy just make one big impact. Absolutely. Those kind of stories are just keep us going. That it just fills our tank, and that's the difference that a dollar makes. But more importantly, that's the difference that Jesus makes. And those are the things that Joe and I and Lori love to communicate. Uh, and technology helps us do that in ways that we never could before. Uh, so the the after story of that is she came to church. She got baptized in our context. That that means you go all in and. You totally dedicate yourself and go under the water, come up out of the water. That's how they did it in the Bible. Nothing magical about the water. It's it's the faith in the heart. And she got baptized, if I'm not mistaken, on Mother's Day yeah. last year, if she I'm did. not mistaken. So phenomenal. And God found, uh, really, a way to the upper story met the lower story significantly. Yep. Joe, in just a few minutes we have left, if there's one message that you could communicate to those in Eagle Country that God might put on your heart today, somebody's out there listening, you know, in their car or in their in their living room or listening through the website, what's the message you want to leave them with? I think it would just be that uh, you might not be at the place where you're seeing the resolution in your story. And we all love the great ending to the story. And uh, I, I find that in my life that sometimes I'm waiting for that ending and that resolution. And so you might find yourself in that season today. Uh, and some somebody once said you're, you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And so that's kind of just the way life is, kind of this cycle of, of a struggle and a little bit of resolution. And so really no matter what season you find yourself in, continuing to see that uh, God and other and God is working through other people in your life uh, to bring good. Uh, there's a, a scripture that gets quoted a lot by Christians, uh, and I think it's really powerful but sometimes misunderstood. All things work together for good to those that love God. And I used to think that, oh, okay, that means everything has to be rosy. And maybe when you hear us talk about stories like, oh, that's great, that worked out for them, but that's not me. Uh, but really, uh, really what's talking, that verse is talking about is works together for, to good, uh, long term. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's good. So you think about a relationship with your kids. You want the, you want good to happen to them for their whole life, not just today. So you may not be seeing the good right now. You may not see the resolution in your story right now. Um, but 
uh, keep pushing through and also look for those people in your life that can speak positive into your life and help you maybe see some of the the good that's happening and the ways that God is working through his people in your life. And maybe you might find yourself in a season where you can look back and say, wow, that was that was tough, but here I am now. And then kind of get ramped up for the next <laughs> for the next storm, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, before I pray and close out the show, let's let me encourage you again to come to Whitewater. It's a it's a church full of stories, and my guess is you cannot find any story different than yours, and that you'll find someone who's experienced it, who's maybe learned some more, and there is a powerful thing in these collective stories. So if you're looking for a church home, what a coincidence, we're looking for people, and we would love to have you any Sunday. Check us out online. Before you come, tab, and what to expect, I think, is the name on it. And you can kind of find out what's in store for you. Let me pray. Father, thanks again for another week of talking, of sharing. I pray in your powerful way that you would do only what you can do through this radio broadcast, that you would touch someone. We don't know their name. We don't know their need. But, Father, all of us have a common need, and that's to find hope and help and find you in our story. So uh, help us, God, to stay true and faithful to that. Thank you for Mark Crimer and the Beer House that make this possible each week. Thank you for Eagle Country and their willingness to for us to have these kind of conversations every week. Thank you for those who have invited us into their home through whatever medium they're listening to tonight. And uh, I thank you that you're at work even now. And so help those who are struggling to hang on, and to persevere till the resolution comes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.